Editing note, this episode was actually recorded a couple days before the U.S. election. Yeah, well, I just don't, I wish our, our situation was that rosy, but I just think given the nature of Trump's mind and given the kinds of things he has said, you just can't be a single-issue voter with, with respect right. to this election. And I'm a single-issue voter, to get straight to the point. You just can't be a single-issue voter. And I'm a single-issue voter. You just can't be a single-issue voter. And I'm a single-issue voter. I'm a single-issue voter. You just can't be a single-issue voter. And I'm a single-issue voter. And I'm really only interested in the uh, the candidate who's toughest and least apologetic when it comes to the confrontation with Islamic jihadism. Hello, apostates. This is Smashlock coming to you live from the Apostasy Now podcast dungeon. After two bouts of unconsciousness and one technical failure of a computer, we have finally managed to capture Ethan Ralph of the Ralph Retort, and he is going to be our guest this evening on Apostasy Now. And we're picking up all the bills. This could be fun. I can't believe this is happening to me. This is not a joke anymore. I'm being kidnapped. Well, you can call it kidnapping if you want to be rude. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. So you'd be better if you were straight? Yes. Wow. Anybody so, would be. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is Apostasy Now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Resist it while you still can, and before the right to complain is taken away from you, which will be the next thing. So how are you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm doing... I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. I know we I've been trying to uh to get right with you guys for a while now, so I'm glad I finally made it. Yeah. Well, we're glad that you made it too. It's uh it's nice to finally get to talk to you. Uh, I've been following you on Twitter for some time now and uh I like what you post sometimes. You you're a figure of controversy. Why don't you uh, why don't you <laughs> give us a little bit of uh background about yourself and uh some of the more recent things that have happened uh that uh, kind of draw some attention and then we'll go from there. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a figure of some controversy. Uh, basically, I have my site, theralphretort.com. Of course, my name's Ethan Ralph. Also, uh, The Ralph, that is another moniker I go by. Although on Twitter now, I've, I kind of just switched to being Ethan Ralph, but I still use both interchangeably. So, um, I, Like I said, I run theralphretort.com. Nobody really knew who I was before Gamergate, and I uh, got in, I guess you could say, on the ground floor of that. I wrote some good... Uh, well, depending on how you look at it, some good hits on on figures like <laughs> Lee Alexander and uh, Zoe Quinn and Brianna Wu and Randy Harper and Ian Miles Chong before he switched teams and uh, <laughs> basically just all the rogues gallery of SJWs. Uh, I uh, slapped them all around a little bit. That's how I, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's how I kind of got known and. Uh, 
I had plenty of fights within Gamergate too. I mean, just just so much. I mean, I could I could literally write a book on all the crazy shit that happened during Gamergate to me and to others. Um, so that's kind of how I got known. Uh, my um, I have a degree in political science, so I always wanted to write about politics. Anyway, so a lot of my site now is writing about politics. I still talk about SJW anti SJW stuff and and slap those same people around every once in a while, but. Uh, Talking about a lot about the election lately. Uh, pretty excited for the stuff on Tuesday. Um, uh, also, I did. Yeah, I got arrested a couple months ago. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, that got me a lot of press. Actually, it got got me a shit ton of press. I got an article <laughs> in the Washington Post about it. Uh, Business Insider decided to cover it, and uh, uh, it's not really the way you want to get your press. But uh, <laughs> right. But if we're looking to get some press ourselves, talking to you seems like the right kind of way to go about <laughs> yeah, it. Well, yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. It's I'm still I'm still going through all that. Uh, I mean I laugh I laugh about the the media coverage and and all the attention it got. The the situation was obviously a little more serious. Uh, trying to get that taken care of, but yeah, that, I guess that would be a controversial aspect of my of my uh, character there. So. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff, man. Just so many controversies, so many feuds, and that's just kind of what I do for a living. So, oh, and that's great. You know, um, uh, Gamergate was one of those things that I didn't get into um, in quite the same capacity when it first happened. Although, I can tell you that the only thing that's ever really topped arguing about Gamergate and the fact that it wasn't a hate movement, but a you know a push for ethics, ethics and games journalism, has been the absolute sheer gargantuan level of cognitive dissidence that comes out of Hillary supporters yeah. in this election. That's the only thing that I think could ever have possibly topped it. It's mind-boggling. Well, this election, uh, I guess you could say Gamergate was a good, a good drive run for, for, uh, <laughs> for this election. And yeah, it's been, it's been wild and just totally insane. I, I will say that part of me will be glad it, it's coming to an end. But then again, you know, I don't think I'm not, I mean, who knows? But I don't think we're going to see anything quite like this again. Probably uh, this not. This will be one you, you tell your kids about no matter which way it goes because this thing was just completely bonkers. Oh, it was. It, it, it is. Especially it still now is. That, yeah. <laughs> With Comey coming out now and saying after nine days that uh, 650,000 emails uh, were uh, completely combed through and uh, Hillary's good again. Um, yeah, sure. I, I just, yeah. uh, I don't know who you could buy that. Don't you know he's a speed reader? Right. Yeah, that's what's going around today. And, you know, I'd seen some people predict that that was exactly what was going to happen, that uh, that he would end up clearing her before Election Day. And that, that is what happened. So there's two schools of thought that... Uh, one that's gonna you know help her lock it lock it up, and then the other is that's gonna really motivate uh, Trump Trump supporters to get out to the polls, and you know I'm hoping it's the latter, but but we'll see. I mean, you know I've been on record saying Trump's the underdog for sure in this, and you know if he wins, it's gonna be the shock of all time, the biggest political upset that's ever happened by far. Um, so you know if I if I had to bet, I'm gonna bet Hillary wins to be honest. But yeah. well, that's you know. interesting. You might find this interesting that back in January. I switched over from thinking Trump was a, basically a, a Muppet in a slightly more realistic garb. <laughs> uh, just a total mockery. In January, though, I went public and, and though I'm not famous, but I publicly put it on the line there and said he was going to win. And what I said was at the time, I think this is about January, I said what's going to happen is on the left, Hillary is going to be pushed forward by the uh, because she's the, the establishment preferred. Um, and then once it's Hillary and Trump, Trump will, will win because they're going to underestimate his impact and like how bad things have gotten for people. 
So uh, the only thing I didn't uh, foresee uh, was, first of all, um, how crazy things would get in general. But specifically, I did not think that Democrats would go so far as to shut out Bernie on their own side. This this whole election to me, you can probably, you know, someone who's in political science, uh, is alarming to me how few people have realized in this election, like the focus to me is how bad things have gotten as far as the structure of the electoral system in the United States. A lot of the shit that's going on just shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of the problems in the country are due to political apathy. Um, a lot of people just don't care. They don't think their vote matters. Yeah, uh, they just they just they're not that plugged in. People fond uh, the issues of the day. It's it's boring. They have their own lives. They don't really feel like uh, you know wasting. I mean, they feel like it's a waste of time, and they have other things to do in their in their life, and they only have a certain amount of free time. Why are they going to waste it on this shit that doesn't matter anyway? That's I mean, that's the way a lot of people think. And I mean, I understand that school of thought, but me, you know, I've always been deep into politics, deep into civics, deep into history and stuff like that. So I, you know, it's. I could never be like that, but I do understand it. But I feel like uh, there's just a lack of understanding on so many things. And yeah, the way the DNC screwed Bernie, I mean, it was just it was just a blatant screw job. And we've learned even more about it since since WikiLeaks have put yeah. out uh, put out their stuff, and it was even worse than we thought. Uh, Don, uh, Donna Brazil was was feeding Hillary's campaign, you know, uh, debate questions and stuff like that. I mean, it's just just blatant. Well, and and that's the part that just floors me. It, you know, you can make an argument that she has more experience in in public service, although I would, you know, argue that anything she's ever done has only been self-serving. But the sheer fact that, that we, we have a line of evidence that seems to indicate that she rigged or had the system rigged against Bernie was able to acquire questions in advance of debates and had insider information coming from... Donna Brazil and others, you know, any person who's claiming any sort of moral or ethical position for voting for Hillary has completely abandoned all reason, in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I just, I mean, Hillary's, I don't know, it, Hillary's just a terrible candidate, and, and let's be frank, you know, these are the, even Trump, they, these are the two most disliked candidates to ever run for the president. <laughs> I mean, and they're running in the same race, uh, which is, is kind of startling, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, if 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 but just think if Barack Obama or somebody like that was running against Trump, they would be just it would be out of hand. I mean, they they would be they would be sweeping the the floor with Trump. But the but Hillary's so disliked herself and has so many problems. Uh, just just not a good politician either. If you ever hear her speak, it's just like ugh. Just, uh, for that weird smile that she's got now. Yeah, she's just a terrible. I mean, I won't. She's not an idiot or anything like that. But in terms of her actual political skills, like the. The, the so the natural political talent she doesn't have any of that she's she, her husband has a lot of it but she doesn't have any of it. she is literally the Cersei fucking Lannister of our time she's <laughs> not as smart as she thinks she is but she seems to have her fingers in all the right places yeah. just <laughs> fucking and so does her husband right <laughs> <laughs> but and and it just it, it's just it's been entertaining, but also a little painful to watch. And, and you know, when you try and draw the parallels between Gamergate um, and, and this election, uh, you can see a lot of the same cognitive dissidents going on with the SJWs that support Hillary. It's the same vitriol, the same hate, and the same shame tactics. And, you know, it's like all you white yeah. men, all you racist, bigoted, sexist, well, homophobes. Today, um, Lee Moore is a guy that I, I have on my Facebook. I don't know if you know him or not. But anyways, he, 
he's a liberal. He's definitely, a, he's American. He's definitely left. But he was a Bernie supporter. And when they found out not only that he was not going to win, but what they did to him, uh, my buddy Lee, he's a public person. He won't mind me mentioning his name. He, uh, he said publicly he was going to vote for Jill Stein. And he has been getting lambasted by his own followers on Facebook. This is not even Twitter. This is Facebook followers. <laughs> right. And it has been ruthless. It's constantly stuff like, you know, if anyone says anything bad about Hillary, they're like, well, you're sexist. If you're going to vote for Trump, you're all a bunch of sexists. You're just afraid of women. Well, it's like, well, then why doesn't Jill Stein get that defense? Isn't she also in possession of a vagina? <laughs> a lot of people really hate Jill Stein, uh, uh, Hillary supporters. I mean, they just, they can't handle it. I've seen post after post, just like this disgusting woman, somehow she could cost Hillary the election. I mean, and she could, theoretically, but it's like, wow, I thought you guys were all about tolerance and all about, yeah. you know, uh, speaking in your mind. But don't, oh God. How could you do this to Hillary? And you're making just making a protest vote. You could give it to this monster Trump. I mean, they're just unhinged with with the rhetoric about Trump. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of nasty rhetoric about Hillary too. But I mean, Trump. They literally call literally Hitler. I mean, what the what the fuck? I, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's wild. <laughs> literally Hitler. I love it. Uh, I've been surprised how many uh, presidents and candidates have been Hitler for the last thirty years. Yeah, we've had a lot of. <laughs> Have we made it through this? Somewhere <laughs> right. there's got to be a concentration camp by now. Now FEMA's already got the, uh, the 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 grave liners already lined up. They're just waiting. They're just waiting, right? Yeah. Somewhere listening to this right now, there's gonna be somebody in inner city going. It's called the project, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, uh, so why don't you kind of uh, run us through some some interesting points that have uh, happened aside from your arrest? What have you been trying to cover more more lately? Well, like I said, mostly it's just been it's mostly been politics the last last I don't know three or four months, even this whole year I guess mostly mostly Trump, mostly uh, stuff about the election. Uh, of course, I always cover you know uh, cultural issues. I'm gonna have a review up for uh, Mike Cernovich's movie. I should have already had it up, but. Uh, yeah, it's just been just been bullshitting around today. But I watched that yesterday. Um, I also did a review for Cassie J's movie, The Red Pill. Right, I, I yeah. enjoyed that a lot. Um, just just the usual stuff. Uh, politics mixed in with with the same old uh, cultural beats. Uh, you know, feminist craziness. Um, nothing too uh, too outside the norm. I guess I guess I do more politics now than I did at the outset. Uh, pretty much when I first. I already had the site, but it was just kind of like a hobby. But when I first started making it an everyday sort of thing, it was like Gamergate almost around the clock. Yeah. Uh, but but I've, I've broadened the scope a little bit. And now, you know, I, I could be talking about a lot of different things, but it usually has to do with, with politics or, or cultural stuff. Well, your interest in politics and your interest in cultural stuff um, leads me to my next question then. With all of the social justice warrior, feminist rhetoric, uh, politics, take it as a, as a whole. Where do you see um, American society going uh, with this PC culture, this outrage culture that's happening? Do you think that there's a path out of it? Do you think we're on the upswing out of it, that the resistance has reached a point where uh, we'll, we'll finally give our collective heads a shake? Or is this going to get worse? What's your opinion on that? I mean, it seems kind of like it comes and goes, if, if you'll notice. I mean... In the early '90s to the mid '90s, it was pretty bad too, but it seemed it seemed to like die down a little bit, and then come back. And now, I mean, I just it's kind of like trench warfare almost between the anti PC forces and the PC forces. It's not like 
Um, I know some people are like, well, SJWs are defeated and this and that. They're not really. I mean, we yep. have done a good job of turning them into uh, laughing stocks in certain ways, but uh, they still have uh, a lot of support in academia, a lot of support in the media, a lot of support yep. in Hollywood. Um, you see a lot of these high-profile artists coming out uh, and speaking about stuff like that in a favorable way. And uh, it's not that the you know there aren't artists that don't agree that, that disagree with it. there are but they they kind of feel like ah it's not worth it's not worth risking a media onslaught a lot of times to to come out and speak their mind and I can't say that I blame them to be honest but uh, I don't know I, I see it as a uh, as a continuing fight and it's gonna be in you know decades long I can't, I mean I assume one side or the other will eventually uh, be a more clear winner but to me right now it's it's still it's still ongoing. And, right. Uh, I, I don't see any. I don't see the fight. It's not over. I see that meme all the time. It's like SJWs are done. This and it's like not really. I mean, I don't. I don't really feel that's the truth. Right. Uh, I was around in the '90s, and I seem to remember that uh, the whole PC culture when it when it came up, it ha- it had a lasting impact, but it seemed to die down. And I and I think that where that where that fight in the '90s was won was with comics. Comics seemed to be the the frontline defense against uh, PC culture, and they definitely held their held the ground for most of North America, in my opinion. And yeah, you know, after a few great voices, and you know, I, and I don't want to speak with any more reverence than they're due, but voices like Christopher Hitchens, George Carlin, and and the like, when they finally started dropping off the map, all of a sudden. The, the the social justice voices started rising again. Uh, and, and what it seems like to me was like the parents, the, the social justice PC crowd of the 90s kind of went silent. They were beaten into submission for a time. And then they raised a whole bunch of fucking kids. And those kids kind of silently waited until they could just pounce on the rest of the goddamn country. That's right, and they, they and they never left academia, and that's that's not, they've always been around. They just like ah, oh, you didn't hear from them for a while. I do think you bring up a good point about a lot of the um, intellectuals, uh, co- comedians are, are are a lot of, a lot of times a, a you know a vanguard of defense against this sort of thing. And you see comedy now, and it's. It's it's kind of cucked in a lot of ways. I mean, <laughs> uh, there, there are still good comedians out there, but uh, you know, I, I usually find myself watching the classics like Carlin and Richard Pryor and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, you just wouldn't see a, a show that I like a lot, uh, which it's it kind of makes fun of conservatism, to be honest with you, All in the Family. Uh, but uh, and Archie Bunker, the main character, that you know, he he's often shown to be an idiot. But then again, they sh- they show a lot of times the the uh, liberal children are are the ones who are idiots who don't really understand the way life is, and you see them right. uh, in a, uh, end up being the buffoons. But but just the comedy, the language on that show, they can't make it. Sh- they can't make shows like this anymore. No, no. this would ne- it would never air now. No, yeah, great, <laughs> you know. they've got they've got Family Guy in South Park. But uh, it, it's not. And they quite... had to make those cartoons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I just feel bad because it seems like a lot of stuff that used to be to be able to be done, you just can't do anymore. And, uh... Well, that's why I don't care if I do it. You know, I, I, I'm not George Carlin, and I'll never be George Carlin. But uh, I'm not going to stop saying what I want to say. And I think that more people need to take that kind of stand, even if even if they be get labeled every name in the book. You know, uh, there's one comic still around that I think really pushes the envelope 
um, like the comics of old. And and to be quite honest, that's Bill Burr. Have you ever watched his stuff? Um, yeah, I'm a little familiar with him now. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely gets like, crowd angry. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's still some good comics. Joe Rogan. I mean, there's some guys out there. I won't I won't throw everybody in the bus. It just seems to be not quite as. It's not as much, and yeah. yeah, right. They're not they're not the line of the defense. They seem to be the outliers now. Also, okay. I'll say this. Um, if you if you see polling and you and you see, I mean, it's shown in the polls, but you can also just see visceral, you know, just visual and visceral evidence as well. But uh, there's not as much respect for free speech among right. uh, the younger uh, cohorts in society. I mean, yeah. they don't really have the same reverence that people, you know, my age, thirty years old or so, have for free. I mean, I'm pretty much a free speech absolutist. Besides, like, yeah, child so am I. Or something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's just not the way it is now. I saw, I did a story uh, yesterday about uh, UC Santa Barbara, and uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, group there on campus tried to tried to block the college Republicans from blaming or uh, bringing uh, Ben Shapiro to campus to speak. And you know, some of their responses was like, "Yeah, there's free speech, but you know, not dangerous speech, not hate speech, not this and that." It's like, no, that's not how it works, really. I mean, plus Ben Shapiro's not hate speech anyway; they're just full of shit, but. You know, yeah. these these are the type of responses you hear, and yeah, free speech is great, but no, no, but I mean, free speech is great. There's no, there's no but there. No, there's but no that, but. <laughs> that's, that's how younger people think nowadays, though. Uh, but this I mean, is no. this is this is a matter of of social conditioning, though. For for all of those that social justice PC crowds that were beaten into silence in the '90s, and then quietly took their their academic positions in in colleges and universities around the country and in different countries. I, I think they started to really influence uh, impressionable youth into this yeah. false narrative that that free speech is not that free speech is negotiable. And you know, uh, Christopher Hitchens came to Canada in 2006 and gave a wonderful speech about about um, free speech, uh, where he starts off his talk by yelling "fire, fire, fire" in a, in an auditorium, and then goes on from there to kind of lay out his case for why. You must allow all types of speech because who do you trust to have power over what words you can use? And as bad as things are in the United States right now, especially during this election, you know, quietly, your little neighbor to the north here has been slowly getting raped of every one of our, our abilities to uh, speak the way we want. We have Bill C-16 that's coming up um, that uh, has had some recent attention thanks to Jordan Peterson. And then we've also had a motion passed in the House of Commons that could see the open dislike or discrimination or hateful speech towards Muslims be potentially criminalized. Yeah, I mean, you know, as much as many problems as we have here in the United States, that it's worse in Canada and in the UK yeah. and other places like that in Europe. Um, and uh, uh, it's we're lucky that we have it enshrined in the very first amendment of the Constitution, or or else it would be a lot worse here too. And. Uh, like uh, Dershowitz was in Cernovich's movie, which I thought was interesting, Alan Dershowitz. And he said, you know, we've pretty much won the battle for freedom of speech in the courts in the United States. It's pretty much in Tron. But uh, where the fight is now, it's it's on campus and it's, it's in other areas. Uh, people are trying to use uh, uh, so social methods to to shut people down because they know they can't do it legally but uh, let me ruin your life. Let me write, write all this shit about you. Let me get you fired. Let me do this and that. Right. So that's kind of where that's kind of where it's headed, and uh, I don't know. It's 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 scary in some ways, but there are a lot of people willing to, willing to speak out about it, and uh, you know I'm, I'm hopeful that we can we can defeat them. 
I uh, sent you a picture there. I don't know when it'll come through, but it's from the 90s. Ice T from an album he had called Free, uh, Freedom of Speech. Uh, just watch what you say. And it's, all the way from back then, we've had people trying to tell us about the movement on free speech. I remember for years, I just played it off as people being over the top. Like in his case, it'd be like, oh, well, he's just a musician. Uh, if it's an actor talking about it, well, it's just an actor. Maybe he wants to script out. Um, but it really, it really has become, uh, oh, perfectly acceptable on campuses, universities where it should be the least acceptable place to say, well, yes, freedom of speech, but if you're saying mean things, you shouldn't be allowed to say them. Right. Like, well, that's, that's the opposite of free speech. You know that, right? And they just don't seem to have a historical context of how long it has taken us to achieve free speech as we, as we think of it today. It's funny you mentioned Ice-T because, uh, you know, rappers have done a lot for free speech in the United States. I mean, yeah. uh, Two Love Crew and stuff like that. I mean, uh, and bands and people like that. They've done a ton for free speech in the United States. And uh, so I think that's important. Also, the stuff we're talking about, I know I mentioned Sarnia Bitch's movie, but um, it's it's pretty much just a long think piece on free speech from all kinds of different people. And I had another quote I was going to read from it because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's just scary when you see politicians echoing some of the same stuff. And uh, and they're even passing laws in places like Canada. I mean, yeah. luckily they don't really they're not able to get away with that as much here. But uh, that doesn't stop the media. So right. Uh, see, I think I think that um, there there is this misattribution amongst the the, the social justice masses. That this is how somehow an advantage to their particular special group. Politicians don't pass laws because it benefits you. They pass laws because it benefits them. And you don't get to climb to the top of the pile and build a fence. And uh, once you're at the top, and tell everyone else that you that they can't use the same vehicle that they used to yeah. get to where they are. They're undermining the very principle that allowed individuals to bring minority groups uh, issues to the forefront of the political discourse that that brought the LGBTQs. Uh, uh, issues to the front of the political discourse. And now they're saying, well, now that we've achieved our goals, screw the rest of you. Yeah. We're beyond criticism. Uh, but I, I also thought it was funny how they had to keep reminding on Gamer Gazi and some other places, they had to keep reminding people to stop stop calling you names, stop using all kinds of g gendered insults that they're supposed, to, <laughs> they're supposed to be against. You know, that's supposed to be their main... Um, one of their main grievances, and they're like, "Hey, you know, maybe you should stop calling her or and start stop saying all these things and trying to make it about what she does for a living." And so, yeah, even well, Randy Harper herself, I think, said that. So, yeah. well, they're cowards, you know. I mean, look, Randy Harper's a coward. She's a fucking coward because she won't sit in the same goddamn room with me. Think about that. I won. I won by virtue of the way she freaked out and the fact that they had to move my panel to appease her. And I think the organizers of South by Southwest are you know, pandering needlessly, to be frank. Things like, uh, you can't, uh, you know, you can't do X or Y because it discriminates because I'm a woman or it discriminates because it's the color of my skin. And now we've gotten to the point where they're like, are you white? Are you male? Uh, I think we need to get rid of some of these people. 
Right, Lena Dunham. <laughs> oh, I don't mean I didn't mean kill, but a lot of other people are just at the point of they should be fired. They should be fired out of universities, out of government jobs. The BBC is getting rid of people um, uh, who who are not diverse enough. Yeah, it's code word for by, you're yes, white. Headed up by some of the same people who've been crying about discrimination for years, right? Right. Also, I remember the quote now, and it was a, a radio host, I think, in the movie, and he said, "You know, a lot of liberals or progressives. You know, I guess I can." distinguish between pro- progressive types and liberals you know an, an old school liberal is all about freedom of speech but the new yep. Yep. the new left the new progressives they don't really respect that at all um, and he said you know a lot of these types cite the uh, the Oliver Wendell Holmes uh, opinion Supreme Court opinion where he said yeah free speech but you know you can't yell fire in a crowded theater well yeah. he actually used that as justification to jail an anti-communist anti-war protester that was what he was writing about and they cite this and they don't even know the, the fucking history of it and no they don't yeah, you see you see that time time again people in the united states especially uh and it's everywhere but it's even worse here i mean they just really don't know their history and it's kind of it's kind of sad well you know i think part of it is is this neo-Marxist view that came out of the 90s that was silently entrenched into the education system. You know, there's this phrase that my grandfather has told me, is that, you know, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And, and, and now, instead of learning about the history and acknowledging the mistakes that may have been made by governments of the past, but learning from them, we are demonizing and whitewashing, and I don't mean whitewashing as a word. Well, actually, we are whitewashing. <laughs> washing, white, <laughs> washing the white out. Get it out. All you white people were bad, and you were colonialist and imperialist, and you, you were racist and patriarchal, and, and it, it demonizes it demonizes the, the, the supposed perpetrator class, but it doesn't actually discuss how we move beyond it. It doesn't acknowledge the advancements we made as a culture towards a more equitable arrangement, and now it is almost unacceptable to discuss things of the past unless it is from the viewpoint that whites were all bad and everyone else was oppressed. Nobody else in history, no other empire ever enslaved people, yeah. ever harmed people, and that's all there is to it. And so we're going to take away your freedoms now because you took away our freedoms 400 or 600 years ago, so on and so forth. And it completely... It, it's, it's a false perspective of history, and I think that because you have so many kids coming out of universities with this with this false understanding of, of how the world operated then and how they think it operates now, that it kind of stokes the flames of hate towards white people or, or just white structures, I guess. What, what's your thought on that? I mean, you do see a lot of where they don't want to talk. They, you can only talk about history in certain ways, or if you yeah. have this, this reading on history that makes you a racist or... Uh, don't don't interpret this event like that or we need to re we need to re-examine certain things from a feminist view or from a you know racial justice view and this don't don't teach me about the the classic authors and stuff or i saw this the other day uh somebody i guess it was a student group complaining because uh western civilization uh their class on it was all was mostly all about white people, and it's like, well, I mean, that's most that's most of what Western civilization <laughs> is. I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a white thing. I mean, uh, not that not that minorities didn't contribute to it in any way. That's not the case. But it's like you know, the major figures from from Western history are, are white. I don't I don't know what to t- to tell you there, student. Yeah, if, if you studied uh, in China. Like no one, this yeah, is it's like no one. Chinese no one, history. I don't yeah. have enough white motherfuckers. Yeah, that's right. Okay. No one, no one goes to China and says, "Hey, where, where are all the Africans and white people in here?" Right. History of Japan. Where are all the black people? <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's baffling, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's been kind of, uh, you know, funny. And, you know, you're right, though. A lot of these problems come out of intelligentsia, out of, you know, the academic circles. <laughs> and when you tie it back into politics again, so I'll bring it back to the election. The one thing that I've been finding most infuriating from my standpoint is just the sheer number of people who, you know, I, I understand the, the lowball angry ones, the ones that are just angry and they've been kind of taught that the world is against them and that, you know, the whites are all bad, Trump is all bad, yeah. and all they're going to do is spit vitriol for the for the entire time they're in the line. But then there's the high-minded ones, the, the, the ones that have the PhDs, that have the degrees, that have the depth jobs, and the sheer amount of sneering and pity and loathing that they, they look down their noses at all of these people who support Trump, and they just look at them with such disdain. Yeah. And I, I find that actually more infuriating because, you know, there are more of them than you. They keep the society going. They stock your shelves with food. They drive your trucks. They bring your mail. And you just, you hate them. Oh, well, there's also, uh, generally speaking, the division between the two votes is not, this is a bit of, uh, of an oversimplification, obviously. Obviously. But uh, the disdain that's it's looking down uh, in a sense of more educated, more business class type people, management sort of things are going to be voting for Hillary. And then the working class, the much pointed out, less educated Americans are going to be voting more for Trump. And now if Hillary, now figure this out, if Hillary starts a war, who, and they need to start bringing up troops, who are they going to come for to fill those demands first? The ones that are the working class and less educated or the ones that have the white collar management economic jobs, you know, academia? This is a modern day bourgeoisie versus proletarian situation. Let's get in there. What do you think? (laughs) You know, the the level of vitriol in this election is is kind of astonishing. I I do wonder. It doesn't really seem like it's just going to go away right after the election, no matter who wins. And uh, some of these rifts, it's been the nastiest election that I've ever seen by far. And and if you're talking about presidential election, it's not even close, really. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume that uh, if we were in some type of serious war, that, that the country would kind of pull together. But uh, a lot of these divisions, um, it might not be the case. So. Uh, and there is good, you know, Hillary's known to be a hawk, and there is a good chance that uh, we might be at war if she if she gets oh, yeah. become president. So somebody, uh, somebody actually, I can't remember whose channel, uh, but they had uh, a video of the top brass from the Pentagon sitting down in an advisory meeting, talking about the, I can't remember which person it was in government was asking this, but they said, "Oh right, uh, you know, what would it take for us to achieve air superiority and control over Syria?" And the uh, the general would kind of look side to side. He was like, well, you know, he started kind of beating around the bush. And the person was like, no, 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 no. I'm asking you point blank. I want a direct answer on this. What would it require for us to have air control over Syria? And so he looks at the guy kind of resigned. He goes, total war with Russia. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, one of the uh, you know great ideas to solve the Syrian conflict is to uh, institute a no-fly zone, which would require us to... Most likely shoot down Russian jets, which I, you know, <laughs> I don't imagine the Russians would take too kindly to something like that. And uh, me personally, you know, I hate to see what's going on in Syria. I don't like to see, you know, yeah, terrible. blown up and shit like that. But 
you know, it's it's not something I'm interested in, in going to war with Russia over, and I'm not even yeah. interested in in Americans dying over it at all, to be honest with you. And uh, I feel like we're way too entangled in and stuff like that as it goes, anyway. So while I hate to see it, while I wish we could do more, if it comes down to sending sending in troops or shooting down Russian planes, then I don't want any part of it. That's just my personal opinion on it. I don't give a fuck what the neocons are saying. Fuck Bill Crystal. Fuck. Charles Krauthammer, all these fucking idiots who got us into this shit in the first place (laughs) with a rock, which was just a total mind fuck. Like, I don't even... Yeah. I mean, I I was against that way back when, you know. That line of thought is just cancer to me. And if you see the neocons, they're they're some of the main ones uh, helping to pimp uh, Hillary's candidacy. And that should tell you some scary shit just by itself. So, Oh, they're jerking off in the election booths right now just begging for a war so they can sell more bullets. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And they know that they won't have any cachet in a Trump administration, but they might actually get, get something in a Hillary one. So so that's the deal there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I the, the whole uh, situation in Syria, obviously, it breaks my heart. And that's always used as a weapon whenever you want to say anything about, uh, you know, controls, like the lack of controls and proper vetting with all the immigrants that have been moving around. Uh, oh, you want to say anything about that? Then you clearly don't care about people. You're a heartless beast. <laughs> Uh, what was the other one? Um, yeah, it, the idea of going to war with Russia. I'm like, okay, as bad as Syria is, would you like to have 10 more locations like that on the planet or more? Yeah, I'm just not interested in going to war with Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not one who thinks, you know, Russia, Putin's this great guy and he's probably trying to help us out. No, I mean, that's not the case. Putin's a dictator. I don't hate him either. I'm just being real. He's a dictator. Um, and, you know, Russia is most likely just their geopolitical goals contrast with ours. And so uh, we're probably going to be coming into, uh, you know, some disagreement with them no matter who wins, no matter what happens. But that being said, I'm not interested in going to war with them. So. So in terms of the election that's coming up, it's Tuesday or Wednesday? Which is it? It is Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, In in terms of the election coming up, now you've said that you're kind of not betting Hillary or not betting Trump out, but you kind of think Hillary's going to take it. Now, did you follow Brexit at all? Uh, Yes, I did. And I know that there's a school of thought who their their idea is, you know, it's going to be like Brexit and Trump is going to have a pretty resounding victory. And I hope that that's the case. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not, th- I'm not saying Trump's going to get blown out. I'm just saying that he's the underdog. He said it himself, and he is. And you know, if you look at the polling, it's going to be tough. Now he has ticked up these last couple weeks. He is does kind of have the momentum, uh, but is it going to, is it going to be enough? I mean, I, I hope it is, but I'm just being real. I, I put his chances at, at about what Nate Silver's got, about 35, 40 percent. So uh, that that would be. What I have it as one of the uh, one of the issues. Wait, let me say this one thing. Brexit is a little bit different because it's not the same. First off, it's a whole different country, different electorate. That's obvious. Yeah, Yeah. it's also a a referendum question. It's not about. I know there were big personalities supporting one side or the other, but it's not the same as you know person versus person. Right, right. I I think that's that's a little bit different. No, absolutely. Uh, I think I think where the problems are coming in is that the polls. Uh, on specific issues have been unusually unreliable lately. Um, and the confidence that people have in them has, made, has con- been constant. So, uh, for instance, they talk about places like Ohio, Michigan, for instance, as places that might go one way or another or battlegrounds. Uh, I, I, there are three states I drive through every week. I've told people this a few times. Uh, I'm a truck driver. 
I go through Michigan, Ohio, uh, and Indiana. And I have been keeping an eye out. I, I can tell you, honestly, I have not seen a single sign for Hillary. I've not seen a single bumper sticker for Hillary anywhere. And the support for Trump is obvious. It's very, very public. I think that, um, that Trump has a... Uh, and you can see it in the polls. The, the enthusiasm is on his side. Like like Hillary might have more numer- you know in the polling more numerical support, but um, the, Trump supporters are more enth- enthusiastic about his candidacy. He, his he has a lot more hardcore supporters who actually want to go out and get him elected. Hillary's are more like ah uh, uh, fuck. I guess I'll go vote for Hillary. Right. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's, it's kind of like that. And 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 then you have the ones who are like, God, fuck, I really hate Donald Trump. You know, I got to stop this bass. It's not so much of I love Hillary. She's a great woman. I want to make her president. There there are some of those, but they're not that many. And so uh, I think that that's that's a fair read on it. And um, I mean, hey, we're gonna know really really soon, uh, one way or the other. And uh, yeah. even though I, I have Trump as the underdog, I, I, you know, I hope I hope he wins on Tuesday. And you know, thirty forty percent chance is not not terrible. So no. it's definitely definitely got a shot in my book. That's a respectable chance. Uh, I, I think that there are a fair amount of people, especially people who are pro freedom of speech, although not all of them, uh, and, and a lot of people who definitely have some serious concerns about the criminal undertakings of the well, Clintons. It's it, but this is the underlying current. I think that. For me, makes it Trump hands down. He, regardless of what the polls are uh, are saying, is uh, the people who are going to come out and vote for him strongest are not people who sit around talking to polls. In fact, they don't trust the media. They don't want anything to do with the media. They love to see the media buildings burn with all the major mainstream people trapped inside. I think that's how furious the anger is. Right. Uh, these are people who've watched their jobs on mass go overseas, and now they're expected to be happy when Obama. Or anyone else brings them jobs that are like, would you like fries with that? What kind of coffee would you like, sir? Uh, and they're expected to be just as happy with that job, maybe two of them, as they were with a manufacturing job. Because these are, like they say, these are people not as educated. They're not, and they're treated with disrespect um, because they don't have a university degree. Right. Yeah, and you see, um, you know, ever since the financial crisis in 2008, 2007, 2008, you know, a lot of jobs have been replaced with part-time jobs, and you see it now in the numbers. Uh, employment, unemployment rates at like four point nine percent, but they're not counting the, the the tens of millions who just just fly out quit looking for a job, and they not even they're yeah. not even counted in that stat. Yeah. And and the ones who who have gotten work, you know, almost always it's a substandard position to right. the one they had before, or maybe it's something similar, but it's at a reduced salary. And so, uh, you know, in some ways we've recovered, but not really. So I think that um, I think that where I think a lot, what will bring this election closer in my mind, is something that I've seen uh, online and in discussions with um, with family members who live south of the, south of the border. Uh, I, I think that this is probably, if it hasn't already been so far, one of the most gender-divided elections that we'll see in our time as well. And I've known several men who, when their wives are in the room, will support Hillary. And as, <laughs> and as, soon, and as soon as their wife leaves the room, they're going, I'm totally voting Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I know one example where uh, I, was, I was talking to a female friend, and she outright stated i chewed my husband out for almost an hour when he told me he wanted trump to win wow. and i think that this is this this has been part of the driving force behind what makes it seem like hillary's gonna win because these pollsters walk up to couples on the street and go who are you voting for and the guy goes well, i'm voting for hillary and then the wife goes damn right he's voting for hillary i'm voting for hillary too 
Yeah. Eh. But as soon as he's behind those curtains, he's going to cast his ballot for Trump. Yeah, there's a lot of people who think think that as well. That uh, you know, maybe they're even a, don't want to tell the pollsters that they're going to vote for Trump either. It's like oh, I'll tell this guy whatever, and then when I get to the poll, it's Trump all the way. And then there is there is a thought that you know that there's a hidden Trump vote or a lot of people are just going to get up on November 8th and be like, I have to, I'm going to go vote Trump today. Fuck it. I wasn't even thinking about voting, but you know, this is the only chance I'm ever going to get to really shake things up. And there's never going to be another candidate like this. And I need to get to the polls and you know, I hope right. that's the case. So me too. Me too. Either way, regardless of who wins, uh, the left is the expression I have right now is the left is out of control. Uh, sometimes I say they're in a tailspin. The like the, the inmates are running the asylum. The people I know that are on the left, I know I know more people that are left leaning than right leaning because that's that's where my background is more recently in life. Right. And you know I'll talk to these people and they'll be like, well, I'm not regressive, man. I'm not regressive. I'm not an SJW, right? But then they'll support people who are. It's like okay, so. Exo facto, sir, if you are voting for an SJW, you are regressive by action. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. But, you know, if, if, some, I, I, you know, if I have someone who's going to vote Trump who's conservative, uh, and I disagree with them, I poke, you know, I poke at them about their candidate. Uh, I've had none of them get angry at me, block me. Uh, I had a liberal friend of mine I've known since high school. 25 years we've been friends. Block me on social media because of a joke he didn't like. I had one that I that I went to uh, college with and was a good friend with and he posted he'd been posting calling Trump a racist for weeks and weeks and I was like alright you know go, if you think he's a racist whatever I kind of talked to him a couple times but nothing like too adversarial and then one day he's black then one day he posted a uh, a clip from a Louis Farrakhan interview and he called it what did he call it it was uh, not enriching but uh, something like that it was it was like a synonym for enriching uh fuck it's it's one of those religious words i can't think of it and anyway i was like wow you've been calling trump a racist for for months and months and he's, he's <laughs> this terrible person and then you 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 post this farrakhan clip and in a positive way i was like this is the biggest racist in the whole fucking country dude and how could you how could you do that well so this is my theme like bitch well you published it publicly you didn't want to comment on it don't publish it got blocked i haven't heard from him since and yeah i mean there's millions of stories like that i'm sure Right. I said recently on, I believe it was our last ramble. We do a, we're trying to start a weekly ramble on our YouTube channel where I just said to people who are on the left, they're the ones shouting that Trump is the divisive one, but they're the ones burning every fucking bridge between friends, family, uh, coworkers and telling them, you know, if you vote Trump, I don't want to know you. Yeah. So when the this election is going to end, democracy is going to end. Right. You know? So when when this election is over, I really think that they they won't reflect if they win. But if they lose, maybe they will. If they lose, maybe some of them will actually turn around, look behind them, and see the sheer wake of destruction that they left behind them as far as social relationships and social ties go. And then go, oh my god, I was a complete and insufferable cunt for almost two years. Um, yeah, the, th the three scenarios that I had was... Close Clinton win, Clinton blowout, or close Trump win. And in terms of the Electoral College, it wasn't all that close at all. So mm. this was a very, very solid victory. And uh, the pundits were totally blindsided. We've been watching them all night, and uh, celebrities are going nuts. I have an article that's like 45 tweets deep of just celebrity salt, pundit salt, 
Um, Brianna Wu spurging out, uh, other Gamergate characters spurging out. It's just, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we still have weeks and weeks to go with this, probably his whole term. Uh, Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, just, just the nastiest bitch you could imagine tonight. Just so salty about this victory. Um, where do you think, uh, the country is headed with Donald Trump as its president? I genuinely have no idea. You have to be very scientific about this. Could go up the nostrils, affect the sinuses. Okay, so was the word maybe edifying? <laughs> edifying. Edifying? Okay, yeah. It was bugging me now, so I was like, oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Edifying, that was it. I was edifying for what? Edifying, yes. That was he was, uh, the word that the, his friend had used on Facebook. Oh. Yeah. It was just bugging me because he couldn't think of it. And I was like, well, what word could it be? And it definitely started with an E. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had that same thought. I'm very glad that you, that you figured that out. I thought I made a good point and then edifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck whatever you have to say, Spanish. Like, edifying. We can't, we can't be focusing on what you're talking about, Smash Log. It's just world defining. And, and, yeah, we have to worry about a little word here. Okay. So, so, yeah, so, so you, uh, you you talked about Gamergate back in the day. Are, do you consider yourself a gamer? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I'm a gamer. I play. I mean, if you go by, do you play games? Yeah, of course. And uh, I've been playing. Uh, what am I playing mostly this fall? NBA 2K17. Nice. I also bought uh, WWE 2K17 a couple weeks ago. I was gonna buy Battlefield One, but my buddy that I usually play Battlefield with uh, has, doesn't have the copy yet. So I was like, well, if he doesn't have it, I won't end up playing as much, but I'll probably end up getting that on black Friday or something. I imagine they'll have it for the low. So I might scoop that up. Well, well you're on my PS4 now. So if I get it, we'll play together. I'm definitely down to do that for sure. Nice. Uh, it's a beautiful one. Looks pretty awesome. So. Yeah. It's beautiful. And my nephew, uh, he, he got it and he had it over here. I was watching him play for a while. <laughs> and I got to tell you, one of the things that I found really nice is not just the beauty of the graphics, but, uh, and the setting, like the setting that you're fighting in, yeah, um, is the fact that your guys you're hearing screaming and yelling all over the battlefield. Oh, the it ambience, is, yeah. It is a real horror show when you first start playing, like hearing all these noises around you. Uh, I thought that was much more reflective of an actual battlefield. Uh, I'm actually a little disappointed in the game from my first viewing. I didn't see any uh, female representation yeah, right. or uh, different body different body types. And, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did have a black soldier in a lot of the promotional yeah. material, though. That I noticed. I thought it was a little. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. A little weird, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I still don't know if that's historically accurate, but whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, where's the women soldiers? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, right? I, like, I've seen people complain about that. I know we're joking, but yeah. Huh? <laughs> Somebody's got to get uh, Sarkeesian on Where this. Where are the what trans the soldiers? Right? All the trans soldiers are missing. Right. <laughs> and where are the safe spaces if your fighting is getting to be too hard on you? <laughs> oh, you're fired. You're talking at me in German. <laughs> uh, did you did you ever uh, cover uh, or get into any of that No Man's Lie? Uh Oh, No Man's Law. Yeah. Yeah. For a second, I was like, what is that? You mean No Man's Sky, right? Yes. Uh, I almost bought that game. Oh, I didn't almost buy it. I actually bought it. Boy, that was uh, not a mistake. I wanted it forever, and then it was getting close to release, and I started hearing some stuff, and I was like, uh, this isn't, this is not sounding quite how I thought it was going to be. Let me hold off. And then it just got savaged left and right, and I was like, wow. I, <laughs> I dodged a bullet here, and... Uh, 
Yeah, so that was that's that was me right there. I remember when I first saw it, you know, a couple of years back, whenever they showed, I think I showed a preview for it. I think it was E3. I was like, wow, this is gonna be great. I can't wait to buy this, and I almost did buy it, but I dodged the bullet. So yeah, <laughs> I followed a little bit. I turned my copy into a cup holder. Oh man! <laughs> I know. I I shit you not. I bought it. I played it for about twenty five hours. And it, again, it was one of those experiences where I loved it for the first beautiful yeah, graphics. Beautiful. And... Well, I wouldn't say they're beautiful, but they were definitely pleasant to look at. Yeah. But then it just got repetitive and boring and dull. And then my kids started playing it more because it was more cartoony and they liked it. And then they just were like, "Yeah, can I play Minecraft? Yeah. And, and, there was no reason to be playing the game. There's nothing in the game that was like, why am I here? Right. Yeah. Like if, if I if I made a game where you were basically a robot in a factory building and packing parts for something you didn't even know what it was, and the whole goal was to just keep doing that in, in infinity, right? No one would play this game. I mean, except for perhaps someone who's obsessive compulsive. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have a reason. Like, what am I doing? What's the point? Are there any games you're looking forward to coming up? I actually have Civilization VI that I haven't played yet. Oh, and uh, so I want to get into that. And uh, have you followed? Have you played them in the past? Like you're. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've been playing Civilization for since the second one, I think. And yeah, I've been, I've been playing it for a long <laughs> time. Um, that what else? Uh, Dishonored Two looks pretty cool. There's some, there's some stuff coming out. Um, Mostly, mostly just the games I mentioned, though. Battlefield. I saw Football Manager is a game that I play a lot some years. Uh, last year, I didn't get it because it's been known to really get me addicted to it and me to spend hours and hours and hours on it. But I saw that uh, one of the controversies with the game this year is that they have like all these different scenarios that can ha- happen because of Brexit, and it can really fuck up your game if you're in the Premier League. And so that that was a little weird. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I might end up writing about that because I just thought it was so crazy. They're like, we have to put this in the game. Da, 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 da. I was like, well, why do you have to put that in the game? That doesn't really make any sense. Why aren't you putting all kinds of other political events in the game? And then I, I don't know. It just, it just seems a little, a little well, off base. It just goes to show you that the British are to blame for everything miserable. Right. <laughs> everything. That's a, safe, that's a safe answer for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I can have the opportunity to recommend a game that you take a look at at some point in the future, even if just to look at the videos online and see if it would be up your alley, um, uh, I got to tell you, the game that's been drawing me in for the most part in the last, what was it, about four or five months has got to be the console version of uh, Seven Days to Die. Oh, okay. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I've absolutely enjoyed the hell out of that game. There's no story mode. There's really not even an end to it. Every seven days, a horde attack, a zombie horde attacks you, and you got to test your defenses against it. And I've been just enjoying the shit out of it. And it's basically it's it's based on the upcoming election. One <laughs> <laughs> uh, game. I'm going to check that out. I've heard a little bit about it already, but uh, another game I'm looking forward to that's not until next fall is Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption, the original, is one of my favorite games of all time. And so I am I am uh, pretty hyped for that. I was a little, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably get some hate for this, but I was disappointed in the end of the first one that they didn't have an alternative yeah. past and or past uh, an you alternative to, path. Yeah, you had to get your ass. Yeah, you had to die in the end, and and for you know, spoilers, but <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a pretty big spoiler. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I 
was I was really sad actually because I uh, you feel attached to the yeah. character and I remember when that first happened like I died you know several four or five times before and I was like how do I beat this like he can't die here what's happening yeah, yeah that's what I did I reset I kept yep. resetting it trying to win because it's like I fought this many guys before this is easy yeah and I even looked it up and they're just like you can't win I was like oh my god and. Uh, I hated it at first, but uh, it's kind of a po- it's kind of a poetic ending though the way he dies like that. So I don't really have a problem with it. But uh, and then you know it has the little uh, epilogue where he can get his son and go and murder everybody. So that makes, <laughs> that makes it I definitely did that too. <laughs> it's good to know his son didn't learn anything from his mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, by the way. I think the second one looks like it's going to be a prequel. Uh, I don't oh. think they've said that well, officially. Well, I, I, I hope they have the same character. I really like that yeah, voice actor. I think, I think it's going to be Marston when he's like when he was running with the with the real evil ass crew before. Nice. Before. Now I don't know that for a fact, but it just looks kind of like that's what it's going to be. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, that would I, I would be okay with that. I generally don't like prequels because you you kind of already know where it's going to end up, and yeah. I like to be surprised. But you know, I, I you go far enough back, I'd be okay with that. Um, <laughs> as long as it doesn't have a little boy that's really good at a race car track. And... <laughs> see, I mean, I'm not sure, but I just I saw the cover. I was like, this looks like it might be a prequel, but but we'll see. Rockstar is keeping keeping it pretty close to the vest. Yeah, they are kind of good at that for the most part. And, yeah, yeah. and I love an underdog story. I think that's why I wanted him to win. Like, you know, I bought that uh, Balboa movie, the, the the Blu-ray edition, where it had the alternate ending in it. And that's the only one I watch because I want him to win. Yeah. You know, maybe that's why I like Trump, because I want the underdog to win. You know, like I just, <laughs> I, I, I'm perpetually in love with the underdog. You're you know, in love, you're in love with Trump. <laughs> You didn't I know didn't, that Balboa had an alternate ending? No. No. I've, I've seen every Rocky movie multiple times, and I did not know that. What's the best one, in your opinion? Uh, Rocky 1. Yeah. Rocky 1? Classic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I like I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Get up. Two's pretty good because he gets the title. Uh, Rocky three is really good with with Apollo dying and him going to to that was that was four. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He dies four by uh, Drago kills him. Yeah, I mean he goes and trains with uh, with uh, Apollo in the third one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then at the end when it ends and they're like ding ding and they they do the fight that you don't really see. But in Creed, uh, he says that he lost that fight, I think. Uh, so, yeah. I like Creed a lot, too. So I haven't I, seen it. I actually have not seen Creed yet. Oh, you got to, man. It's excellent. Yeah, yeah it's really good. And they're going to make a second one, uh, from what I heard. So, Well, that's good. You know, as long as it's, uh, you know, you get you get uh, Stallone out of there at some point. He's starting to look a little creepy. Yeah, they, they said the, <laughs> the second one is not going to focus on him as much. They also talked about somehow maybe bringing back apollo and the second one i don't know if it's going to be through flashbacks or what but uh yeah i've read they got a lot of ideas for it so well that's uh, that's good um, you have a hologram like snoop dog <laughs> <laughs> now okay so you've seen service's movie and you said you've seen the red pill movie can you give us the the cole's notes non-spoiler review like what was your impression of the red pill movie um I thought it was excellent. I think I gave it three and a half stars out of four. Nice. Um, I, I thought the way she she showed the hypocrisy of, of feminists, and there are feminists in the movie speaking, uh, I thought it was excellent. Uh, her facial expressions while listening to some of these people was, were excellent. Also, she, she kind of starts out the movie as a feminist and ends up uh, non-feminist. 
and uh yeah well, she she's she's gorgeous you had to know from is, the beginning she that she was going to end up not a feminist we uh, we interviewed her for, <laughs> uh, for the kill stream we have an interview with her from last from october 2015 halloween actually yeah and yeah she's pretty fetching i gotta say Mm-hmm. She so. she is. I, I'd like to interview her on. Yeah, that's that's that was not what I meant. I would literally like to have her as a guest on this show, not a guest on my lap. That's not fair. <laughs> you know, back then, I don't usually do two hour long kill streams anymore. But back then, they were always two hours long, and she stayed for the whole two hours. Was really nice about it. Uh, Mercedes Carrera actually stayed for the whole two hours too. So. Yeah, I like her too. Yeah. A couple of nice ladies. By the way, Mercedes is really pretty as well. When you see her on camera too, it's like wow. I remember the first time she came on, it's like whoa, sure. Yeah, I think I think we're starting to enter a period that's very interesting. That uh, people who work in the uh, ed- adult entertainment industry, I think, is the proper n- name for it, right? The porn yeah. industry yeah. can actually start having political opinions and appear in different artistic, uh, you know, ventures and stuff like that. And more and more, it's not, I don't think we're at total acceptance yet, but more and more, we are starting to be able to treat them as actual people with more than one aspiration in life. I, I always treated them as actual people. Um, <laughs> but the best part is, is that this whole SJW movement has created kind of a bubble where they get to kind of come out and then speak their piece. And it's funny because when they don't toe the line yeah. with the SJW side, they, they are immediately slut shamed and body shamed and everything else yeah. all the way back down to like how they say we treat women yeah yeah if they see that a lot mm-hmm. if they toe the line then the feminists will say oh well see she's empowered if they are not feminists and they're they're not towing the line then they're like oh well she's working to objectify women yeah uh, internalized yeah. misogyny how does that work <laughs> right it's it, it's the complete nutter head cases so what other interesting topics would you like to cover? We've kind of driven the uh, the, the, the conversation here. What uh, is there anything of interest that you would want to bring up? I mean, man, the main thing I'm I'm, uh, I'm focused on is the election on Tuesday. Right. And so I, I have a I have a few little I have a video that I haven't posted yet about uh, the New York Times column about uh, the men feminists left behind. Uh, my fiance and I did a did a uh, kind of commentary video on that so i'm gonna post that um but mostly it's just it's election man <laughs> that's what i'm waiting on uh i love election night especially presidential election night there is nothing better almost on this earth almost there are a few things but right uh, it is one of my favorite nights of the and i can't even say year because it only comes around every four years kind of like the fucking olympics which i also love by the way but uh yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting to see those fucking votes start rolling in, and that is what I'm so hyped to see. Right. Uh, no matter who wins, I love election night. Uh, it could be sweeter if Trump ends up winning, but uh, either way, I'm I'm excited to uh, to get the show on the road. And and like you said, no matter no matter who wins, at least it'll be over, and then there'll be at least a four hour break before <laughs> the spe- <laughs> a, four, a four hour break before the 2020 speculation begins. Hearing all these people like, oh, it'll finally be over. It's like this. Cast really don't understand how it works. He uh, <laughs> right into the next next election. Uh, who are the front runners? It'll literally be right after they'll start talking about the front runners. Who, uh, uh, well, it'll be the twenty minute break while you're having like you know bathroom break. Speeches. They'll be like, oh, okay. All right, who's up next on deck for the Republicans? Yeah. Uh, for twenty twenty, it'll, right. it'll definitely it'll definitely happen. Yeah, like the, that. 
I'll laugh too because it happened in the 2012 election uh, with Romney and uh, Romney and Obama. They're like, well, Obama's going to be a second term president. Who's going to be running? Well, definitely Hillary Clinton is one of the top choices. <laughs> you know, and it's like seriously, he just fucking won. He just won. Shut up. <laughs> you know, so I agree with you. Elections are exciting. Me, I kind of put it third down. So it goes like blowjobs, pizza, and election night. You yeah, know? I mean, that's what I was like. Almost. There are <laughs> almost, almost. There are a few things a little more satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I will say this. The elections are too long in the United States. That's what, as a, as a truck driver, for the last 10 years, there's a seven and a half year period when I was over the road. I spent more time in the U.S. than my own country by far. And one of the first things in the first year or two that I was doing it that I realized, I was like, hey, remember I was in, uh, talking to some factory workers in Ohio. I said, uh, hey, it, you guys, does it ever bother you? Because I just realized that you spent half of your life during election, like presidential election campaigns. Uh-huh. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it's every four years, but we're two years away from the election before I started hearing them run, you know, running their campaign ads and fighting over who'd be the nominee and... So I said, literally, half of your life will be spent in presidential campaigns. And they're just like, oh, well, thanks for pointing that out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a drag. And the, the, really, the, the main drag of it is it fucks up uh, Congress and legislation. Because once, once it gets into solid election season, people don't want to do anything. And they start thinking about who's going to be president. And we can't pass this because it'll help so-and-so become president or it'll hurt so-and-so. And... It really it it adds to the gridlock, which has just gotten out of control in the United States. No matter which side you're on, the gridlock yeah. is just ridiculous. So, and it's not. And if Hillary wins, it's not going to get any better. And honestly, if Trump wins, it probably won't get that much better. But I think either one of them is a one-term president, in my opinion, just based on their the the how disliked both of them are. But yeah. you said that you had um, majored in what political science? That's correct. Okay, so here's 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 my question to you then. Uh, if I were to follow the Hitchens model of being a single-issue voter, the one thing that I've heard Trump say above everything else that, that sold me on him as being a viable candidate in my mind was this idea of term limits for congressmen and senators. What is your opinion on that? Is that even viable? Uh, I mean, you have to change the Constitution. Yeah. So, uh, it's very, very difficult to change the Constitution for a reason. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And rightly uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be hard, but it's it's very hard, is all I'm saying. Is that possible? Yeah, but it's a very slim chance. All right, well, let, 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 let's let's hypothesize then here. Do you First, do you think it's a good idea? Because uh, I think it would clear up a lot of gridlock, personally, but, but I'm not a, a member of American culture, so I don't know if that would actually make things better or worse. My... my my depth of understanding and experience for it is is obviously limited by the fact that I don't live there. Yeah, I would tend I would tentatively support support that. I mean, it's I don't know, it's it's a it's a dual sided issue, but you but you see so many people now that just go go into elected office to make it uh, a lifelong career and that's not really what the founders had in mind. That's one of the reasons they yeah. didn't even think about putting in term limits because they never even thought you could do this like that you know people would have to go back and have to have to attend to their business and uh i I don't know this is just not what they really had in mind and uh absent you know a lot tighter regulations on you know ethical behavior by politicians i think that that is one of the ways to to get things back on track well i mean you got to give them you got to give them some sort of uh the founding fathers some sort of credit they probably didn't expect people to live past 45 in their time (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there was a lot of differences. And yeah, I get I mean, come on, they did a, they did a pretty good job, I'll say. But, 
they could only foresee so much. It was a good. It was a good starting base to put it to, to put it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing out understatements of the year. <laughs> Hillary's kind of a crook. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Have you ever uh, talking about the, the next election coming up? Have you ever watched the uh, the original episodes of Star Trek? Have you ever seen Captain Pike on there? Uh, I have seen the original episodes of Star Trek. It's been a long. A long time since I have, but yeah, I have seen them. Uh, Captain Pike is the guy who gets into an accident, and then he's in this machine, and he's just got little blinking lights, and he's got a scarred up face. Do you, <laughs> do you remember that at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, I, re- I remembered it when this whole thing was going on with Hillary's Hillary's help. I remember that because it, it kind of scarred me as a child seeing his Saturday morning reruns. And uh, so I came up with a picture. I put that on there, and I put on top Hillary 2012, still still healthy. <laughs> Actually, I think it was all the shit. It was the it was the night that we started shit posting about her collapsing at yes. the at the um, the 911 memorial. Oh, yeah. that I got into contact with Ethan. <laughs> wow. It was a crazy day. I, I think that Dragonbeard and I stayed up until about four o'clock that morning, just yeah, making, just laughing. just laughing and posting shit on Twitter, <laughs> just having a not, great old time. Let's be clear, though, not hoping she would die or anything, but just laughing at the total rejection and denial of of, the, of what just happened. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's just a lot of people talk about. I hope she dies. I don't. I don't usually. I don't take it that far. Though. No. On this. What what do you think? What what do we think she has exactly? Well, Martin Shkreli thinks that she has early state. She's showing the early stages of Parkinson's disease, and then some other uh, some other psychologists believe that she has post concussion syndrome from hitting her head uh, yeah, back in fall- that two thousand. She's fallen down a couple of times, correct? Like, Drudge, yeah, Drudge they had a say that up earlier. They say that like fifty percent of people who have a have a a stroke like that or uh they end up having seizures sometimes that could be caused from stress so it could be that it could be it could be some kind of parkinson's thing that's going on uh i'm not sure i don't think anybody knows the exact answers but that pin sure looks exactly like a diazepam auto injector doesn't it yeah it does actually and then hillary if you can see this photo this is another thing that's been getting a lot of play today i do to I think pretty much Mike Cernovich was the one that kicked it off uh, with her like struggling up the steps, looking like she can barely make it up. Now, I saw reporters, I think it was Stelter, I'm not sure which reporter, uh, Brian, Brian Stelter, I think that's his name, Reliable Sources. Yeah, yeah. And he's from just CNN, like, yeah. yeah, and he's just like, oh, she was just, she like momentarily stumbled up the steps and it's no big deal. And he was trying to play it off. Oh, I'm honored, sir. I'm Dr. Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas Van Helsing, professor of proctology and other related tendencies. Graduate of the University of Rangoon and assorted night classes at the Knoxville, Tennessee College of Faith Healing. You may be a little overqualified for this job. No, I I, I, I don't hope that she die, but I mean, like, give me a break, pneumonia. Right. Yeah, you don't lock up and then get thrown into your your van like a side of beef by Secret Service because you yeah. have pneumonia. I actually, I was so inspired by what I saw that day and the and the reaction people had. I actually made a little uh, song called "Hillary Lean on Me," and, <laughs> and it's a little uh, you know you know the original. It's not touching. <laughs> I shared it around as much as I could, and people thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, 
We've covered uh, gaming. We've covered politics. Uh, Gamergate. Um, the Red Pill movie. Red Pill movie, which, yeah. you know... And it's beautiful director. I, I really can't wait to see that movie. I've been yeah. hearing so much about it for so long. Uh, just to be clear, um, my background being left as I used to be fine with, with all the... We call it social justice now, but I mean, like, feminists. I, I even remember once telling someone years ago, a, a woman, uh, you know, you should check out feminism. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's, it's about equality. You know, that was years... It seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, now you got a movie about... that's the red pill. It's talking about what men are going through. And it was even, you know, started by a woman who was a self-proclaimed feminist. And, and where they show their true colors of trying to shut it down before anyone gets to see it. Because we couldn't possibly let people see a movie and decide for themselves. Yeah, they tried to do that in Australia. So Yeah. Um, well, and I hate Michael Moore, and, and I, I hate the movie he's come out with now. I think it's a total money grab, and it's pathetic. But I would never say try and block him from having the movie released. That's totally nuts. Yeah, I'm not down with that either. I mean, you know, I'm I'm pro free speech. If somebody wants to put out whatever they want to put out, I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I can, I can't make fun of it or, or right. say shit, say don't go see it. <laughs> but you know, I don't want to stop them from being able to uh, put it out there if they want. But see, that's and, and see, this is this is something that the youth of today, millennials, if that's what you want to center in on. Although we, I do know some millennials that are still pro free speech. Yeah. Is that they don't understand the value of what they're giving away. They really don't, yeah, they and don't. that and that free speech is is should be also the right to criticize and the right to offend. Well, until you talk to them, they don't understand. These are things that you don't naturally understand for most of us. The connection between speech and thought, really. And this is a, a major disconnect now with people who've not really been forced to think about. If someone can control the way you speak, what you say, what you don't say, how much that affects their attempt to control your thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it it is. Some people don't really make that connection, There's, and and it's just not as much respect. Like I said earlier, I don't know. They just a lot of people they're all for free speech if it means they get to say what they want to say. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they love free speech then. But if it's something they don't want to hear, shut that motherfucker up any any means possible. Oh, so yeah. uh, you know, I've always understood that it's a two way street, and yeah, I don't like everything I hear either. But I don't say shut that person down. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's a mistake. Right, and you got to understand that when 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 you are a free speech absolutist, which that's a great way of phrasing it. I, I've never quite phrased it that way, but I, I like it, so I think it makes I think it's an apt description. Well, yeah, the the only I I think that there are a couple of exceptions. One is when you're you're directly promising threats to someone. You're saying I'm going to come to your house and stab you to death uh, in a way that actually causes the person to fear that you might do it. Hmm. Um, and then, so they, well, that has to be a limit in the sense that the police should be able to respond to that before you go over to the person's house. <laughs> right. uh, and the other one is defamation of character. When when you're doing it in such a way that it actually demonstrably injures someone, like with Hulk Hogan, they put up his video about his sex tape. If I remember correctly, it was a sex tape, right? And yeah, they refuse yeah. to pull it. They refuse to pull it down. It's like this is this is injury and injury to his career with wrestling, his personal life, and injury. There's all this different types of injury. He was taken out of the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, but uh, lost, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's certain laws. I mean, um, but you know, there's already laws on the books about that. So yeah, yeah, right. But uh, you know, barring those exceptions. I think as long as you're willing to accept the consequences of free speech, especially the fact that uh, I, I know that. You yourself, Ethan, have, have made some enemies on uh, YouTube sure. and Twitter. Um, sure. As long as you're willing to accept that, it's it's it should be a no-brainer. Though, though I understand you and Brianna Wu are best friends. 
Yeah, that's my best. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's my BFF. <laughs> Brianna, woohoo, woohoo, fuck. Uh, whenever I need to hear someone sound reasonable and calm and, and concerned uh, about other people, I, I, I pull up bizarro Brianna Wu because that's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a great person. <laughs> it's got to be an uh, endless source of entertainment for you. Am I remembering correctly that she had you ejected from something just for being yep, there? That's that's correct. At RavenCon. And uh, I was actually here in, in Richmond where I live. And I went there because I heard Wu was going to be there giving some presentation. I went and I'd already announced I was going to be there. So this crazy bitch was on the lookout for me. And I, and I, tweeted, a picture, I tweeted a picture of her looking all crazy. And, and I, I said something like, oh, it's showtime or something. Because she was about to start her presentation. And uh, she she could pick out that it was me. She's like, did you tweet this? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> get, get him out of here you know they treat me like i was pablo escobar or some shit <laughs> <laughs> like, right. and some people online was like why didn't you fight them i was like what are you talking about i'm not going to jail I, at that time I was well, like, at, that time. <laughs> <laughs> at least that would have made sense <laughs> I was completely drunk so I was <laughs> clearly but yeah i don't know man I, it was just it was a wild time but i got a funny little video out of it so Nice. Who who's the um the most okay? So what's the highlight of of your recent uh, career? Um, have you met anyone or individuals um, either in the media or YouTube sphere, Twitter sphere that you were just elated to meet? Uh well, I met Sargon and Milo. That was pretty cool earlier this year. Oh yeah, uh, nice. Had dinner with them. That was pretty nice. I also Sargon doesn't return my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even return all mine sometimes. <laughs> uh, usually, though. But uh, uh, Paul Joseph Watson uh, has done a pretty cool job about promoting some of my work lately. That was that's pretty nice. I haven't actually met him, but he's he's a pretty cool guy. Nice. Um, so I guess the, those would be the top of my list. Uh, yeah, I've been to a couple of the uh, meetups, Gamergate meetups. That that, that was pretty cool. And so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that awesome. would be uh, the short list there. Nice. Yeah, I've really been enjoying. Especially lately, um, with a number of disruptions sort of in the community of so-called skeptics or whatever uh, on YouTube, I've really been growing in my appreciation of Sargon's uh, ability to keep from going insane and keep his head straight. Uh, the way he explains things carefully, but he doesn't, he doesn't do it in a stiff way, but he doesn't, you know, go... He doesn't react to people in a way that he comes off as unhinged. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I like I like his style too. And also, yeah. uh, I mean, he gets attacked a lot. I still like Sargon. I mean, he's oh, always yeah. cool with me. Uh, he's never, you know, it, it's been a few times to be quite easy to uh, to take a lot of shots at me. It has happened, and you know, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me when I see it. Uh, but uh, he's always been really cool with me, really respectful. He's been on my streams a few times. I've been on with him. Awesome. He's just a cool guy, and I, I like him a lot. Uh, I like his style. Uh, I know he takes a lot of shit. I know some people might not realize, but uh, it can get a little a little uh, stressful to have you know hundreds, thousands of people coming at you all the time talking yeah. all kinds of crazy shit. And it can cause you to do some stupid shit. I'm not saying he's completely immune from it, but he, he, you know, he keeps going, keeps his head on straight. And yeah, I got, I got respect for that. We, we, we can totally empathize with that. Our 200 subscribers really keep us busy. <laughs> you know, uh, most of my stuff comes from writing. Uh, I have, I have a YouTube channel. It's like 2,500 or so people, but it's, it's not really that huge. But uh, I still have an army of haters. But most of it actually comes from from the writing because that's my main. 
that's yeah. my main thing writing a bunch of shit uh we're just chipping you know what like i think as long as you enjoy what you're doing and yeah. you're and you're solid on your principles for us it's yeah. about freedom of speech and fighting this kind of leftist neo-marxist social justice bullshit this culture of victimhood you know i want more subscribers who doesn't that's why we do this but uh, i'm i'm okay if we don't uh, i enjoy what we do I, I tell people too on the, on the left when they get upset with me for provoking that's what i call it, i provoke them right I've told people a couple times I've made like posts on Facebook where I'm like, look, I don't do this. I don't piss you off because I hate you. I'm doing it because I want the left to come back. <laughs> right? I want you to where, think. Where have you gone? Where have you gone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, we've had you for, uh, you know, I think close to an hour and a half. Um, yeah. You covered a lot of ground, man. Yeah, yeah. I really like your, I really like your stuff, and I'm glad that you came on the show. I mean, it took us a little while. Limited. It did. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. I know. I, the first, the first time or two, I just totally forgot about it. And yeah. Then, yeah. yeah There's a couple of those, and then uh, we were gonna do it a couple weeks back, and my fiance actually flew over here, and she was there that Saturday, but I was still gonna do it. And then I think something happened. My computer. With you guys. My yeah, computer, yeah. We, could, we couldn't get it going then. Uh, but I was fine with it because I'd already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I can say anything. So. Uh, plus, she was here anyway, so I wasn't that sad about oh, it. We, yeah. we had fun. So. Nice. Uh, yeah, but I was glad we could do this tonight, and I appreciate you guys for having me on. Now, before before we end it, do you want to just tell people where they can find you? They can always find me at theralfretort.com on Twitter. I am the Ralph Retort, newly verified. Uh, I don't know if the arrest had anything to do with that, but I got <laughs> verified. Right now. Um, so they can find me there. I'm on Gab. Also, the Ralph Retort on Facebook. The Ralph Retort. You might be noticing a theme here. Uh, <laughs> most, most places you can find me uh, at the Ralph Retort on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash the Ralph 2001. There's the deviation. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Twitter. I hang out a lot on Twitter, so. Oh yeah, I uh, know. Oh, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place to find me. Uh, but yeah, man, just me uh, and all three hundred of my followers. Keep an eye. Yeah, keep those eyes, man. Hey, I started before Gamergate. I had like hundred and fifty followers. So, uh, and most of those were follow me. So, <laughs> everybody's gonna start somewhere, and uh, a lot of that did happen because of Gamergate. But hey, man. Oh, like I said, I'm not in it for a popularity contest. It's always nice when I know people are listening, but it's never a requirement. Me and Dragonbeard are going to say what we say and do what we do, and if that draws an audience, all the better. Yeah, even when we're old men, we'll be senile and old old folks. Get off the grass! Talking to to some flowers, thinking it's microphones. I remember back in the day when free speech was a thing. That's hate speech, Grandpa. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man, just theralfretour.com. You can always find me there. And uh, whenever you put it up, send it to me, and I'll I'll post it over there as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and you... Yeah, you can you can toss it up anywhere you like as well. Yeah, okay. and you're always welcome back on. And uh, thank sure. you for uh, thank you for talking with us for as long as you did. Uh, I appreciate I- it, man. And uh, peace out. You guys have a good one. Hold on to your lunch pail. This may get a little weird. Yeah, well, I just don't. I wish our, our situation was that rosy, but I just think, given the nature of Trump's mind and given the kinds of things he has said, you just can't be a single issue voter with with respect right. to this election. And I'm a single issue voter to get straight to the point. You just can't be a single-issue voter. And I'm a single-issue voter. You just can't be a single-issue voter. And I'm a single-issue voter. You just can't be a single-issue voter.
And I'm a single issue voter. You just can't be a single issue voter. And I'm a single issue voter. This is very urgent business, ladies and gentlemen, I beseech you. you just Resist it while you still can, and before the right to complain is taken away from you, which will be the next thing. You just can't be a single-issue voter. You will be told you can't complain, because you're Islamophobic. You just can't, you just can't. The term has already been introduced into the culture, as if it was an accusation of hitch, for example, or, or, or bigotry, whereas it's only the objection to... The preachings of a very extreme hit. Watch out for these symptoms. They are not the symptoms of surrender. You just can't. Very often ecumenically offered to you by men of God in other robes, Christian you just and Jewish and smarmy ecumenical. These are the these are the ones who hold open the gates. Insofar as I knew hit. The barbarians. The barbarians never take a city until someone <coughs> holds the gates open for just them. Can't. You just and can't. it's your own preachers who will do it for you. And your own multicultural authorities who will do it you for just you. Resist, resist it while you... You just can't. As far as I knew, Hitch. Islam is not our adversary. Now you're talking about sneaky, dirty, underhanded people that want to kill our civilians. Muslims are peaceful and tolerant people and have nothing whatsoever to do with terrorism. They want to go after our civilians they want to kill not only our civilians, all over the world. And it's going to be stopped. It's going to be stopped. The obsession in some quarters with a clash of civilization. These are the, these are the ones who hold open the gates for the barbarians. The barbarians never take a city until someone <coughs> holds oh, the gates open for them. And it's your own preachers who will do it for you, and your own multicultural authorities who will do it for you. Resist, resist it while you Somebody criticized me the other day because they asked me what I do, and I said, I'm going to bomb the shit out of them. It's true. I don't care. I don't care. They've got to be stopped. Stop. Under Hillary Clinton uh, and uh, Clinton emails revealed uh, a discussion about it, uh, the largest ever arms deal in the world was made with Saudi Arabia on the in fact, during her tenure as Secretary of State, total arms uh, exports from the United States in terms of the dollar value doubled. And the consequence of that is that this notorious terrorist jihadist group called ISIL or ISIS is created largely with money from the very people who are giving money to the Clinton Foundation. Yes, that's extraordinary. You just can't be a single issue voter. And I'm a single issue voter. And I'm really only interested in the, uh, the candidate who's toughest and least apologetic when it comes to the confrontation with Islamic jihadism. Hey, you're the one running this flea bag. Where the hookers? What? Hookers, man. Where the hookers?